0: And, um, you know, being a day of honor, I, I wanted to I'm just look at a couple of principles around honor, um, and I, you know, I, think what's great about looking at honor is we actually get to learn something about God Himself, because what I think is great about God is uh, He's not a God that asks us to do things without the why. He not only says, this is what I want you to do, but He usually highlights you to obey follow through with what I'm asking, This is why we should, because there's benefits, there's reward. He likes the fact that our Father in Heaven is not just a God that asks us what to do, but He like explains why we should do it, right? Because He knows how we are wired, and He knows that sometimes, you know, for us to to kind of do things, uh, we need to be motivated to do things. And I love that about God. Now, obviously, we teach balance there that, you know, it's not always about what you get from God, that you should love him. And, and you know, regardless of what happens in your life, we understand that that's a, a good, strong, healthy foundation. But at the same time, God also understands that sometimes we actually do uh, go into a season of more success in obeying and fulfilling his principles and aligning to his word when we clearly have a revelation as to how it will benefit our life. And, uh, and I think it's important to understand the same thing with honor, that um, you know God commands us to honor uh, other people in our world, particularly people that he's put in our world to, to provide a covering or uh, to, to be in a place of responsibility or authority over us. Uh, but also, honor is a two-way street, and so God call, uh, also calls us to honor uh, people in general and to think the best of people. And he, he clearly highlights there is a reward for you and I when we, when we follow through with these principles and we come into obedience and alignment. Who likes the idea that we get rewarded when we align with God's Word? It's a good thing, right? And so this morning, I want to start with Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. And in this scripture, it says, "'Honor your father and mother.'" As the Lord your God commanded you. Then you will live. So here's the reward. So, first of all, this is what I want you to do. So, verse 16 is the what. Well, first part of verse 16 is the what. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you. And then here is the why. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Who wants to live a long and full life? We all do, right? It's a pretty obvious question. So here we have an instruction for living that's full of promise. How many would like for your days to be long? All of us. And for it to be well with you and to be full and fulfilled? All of us would. It sounds like a principle that brings a life of blessing and and fulfillment. So it's a good thing. So if we look particularly at getting some further instruction in the interpretation of the word, if we look at the Hebrew word, Translated to honor, the word is pronounced kebab. Not kebab, but kebab. And its basic meaning is this, that honor is weighty. That we put a level of weightedness on our sense of uh, seeing someone in their place in our life. And what we mean by weightedness, another word is a level of value or a level of importance. So it actually directly translates from kebab into English as weighty. So it means a call to recognize and esteem the value of one's father and mother. Now, obviously, what we're going to look at is that this initial command, um, which is from you know, the Ten Commandments we know about honoring your mother and father, uh, it starts there, but it actually transcends into other areas of our life. Because obviously, our mother and our father are the first people in our life that God places in authority over us. But who knows that your mother and your father aren 't necessarily perfect in fact no one 's perfect except for God himself and so what 's important is is that God asks us to honor people in our life even with their faults. Everyone say, "Ooh," everyone say, "Ah, even with their faults." He asks us to honor and we 're going to understand why even when someone in your life is placed in a, in, a, in a position of authority, a place of mentorship, a place of, of guidance, a place of, of helping you to, to raise up to a next level, it could be in the workplace, it could be in a community uh, organization, it could be in your local church, it could be in your home, whatever sphere of life, God will place different people of authority. And some of those people will be very far away from being perfect. And so we've got to separate their faults from that calling and that anointing or that position that God has put upon them to actually provide covering and authority over us. Having said that, we also know that people who are in authority also have to think well of people who, that they're serving by being over them in a place of authority and have to think the best of people, not starting with the starting point of always thinking the worst in people. And so honor is definitely a two-way street. Who believes that? So the Hebrew word means weighty, and it means to recognize and esteem the value of one's father and mother. In the New Testament word, or in the New Testament word, the Greek, uh, it's translated, the, the word honors is translated to time, and it's pronounced tme, which basically means value or price paid. So putting the value or the price paid. So to have that person in your world to honor them is to understand the value or the price that was paid. Now, this is obviously a perfect example when actually our first place of of honor uh, is with God himself to value the price that Christ paid for dying for us. And when you look at the value of the price paid, let's also think about this. That he believes that you were worthy for him to sacrifice his life on the cross. He believes that you were worth the price that was paid. And so what what happens is, is when you put the right place of honor in someone, obviously it's a little bit easier to honor God at times because he's perfect and without fault. But what's interesting is that your ability to honor authority over your life directly blesses and solidifies your own identity. Let's talk about our ability to honor God when we understand that God is amazing because what he did was he laid his life down for us. He paid a price. When we acknowledge the, the price that he paid, when we see the level of value that we put upon that and we recognize that and then we honor that, we also understand this. He died for us because he thought that much of us. So by honoring and recognizing the value of what, who God is in our life, it also honors ourselves. It honors Right? Not that we're trying to glorify ourselves, but it honors the fact that we are worthy. That we are, not because of our own works, but we're worth something to God. Who knows that the opposite to worth is shame and blame. And when people are walking around in shame and blame and their identity is cursed, the Bible says that they are locked in a prison. Their soul is locked in a prison. And so partly being set free in our own identity is first starting with our acknowledgement of God and our honor of God. And a healthy fear of God. But what's a true test of honor is that we need to also honor people in our life. And we have to actually put a value and a worth over people in our life that are in a place of authority. So for example, I see a lot of this. I've even had to break through in my own life with my own parents, bless them, but not perfect. And so there's been many seasons when I have been in a place of not honoring my parents. But I know directly that that's had an impact in seasons of my life of my own inability to love myself, my own inability to actually like myself, my own inability to value my own sense of worth because I had difficulty navigating through the ability to honor my parents. And then when... when You find it difficult to honor your parents because maybe there's some challenges there. Then you find it difficult to honor other people in authority. And it becomes a cycle where you see people who really struggle to honor people who are placed upon them. And actually it comes back and it affects their ability to just relate to people in general. Who here has ever seen anything like that? You're not admitting yourself, but you've seen it around you, right? And so the Greek word is talking about value and price paid. To honor another person is to value that person, to respect and esteem that individual, to regard the importance of him or her. And so the essence of life is our relationship with God. Everyone say our relationship with God, with ourselves, and with other people. So if that's working, then everything's working. So, you know, I love thinking about that. If, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you have in the world doesn't matter how successful you are in the world's definition. I know that people's inner world, their private world, is impacted. Their happiness, their sense of fulfillment is impacted when their relationship to God, their relationship to themselves, and their relationship to others is not in alignment. It steals our inner peace straight away. And God knows that, and God knows that's why he commands us. It's the what, why he asks us right from the beginning to come into this principle of learning first. The very first opportunity that you and I have to learn this principle of honor is with our mom and dad. Now, like, I don't know, you may be like me, but I've come from a broken home, right? Now, I'm definitely not perfect, but I thank God every day for Greg and Julie, because I've been able to actually practice the ability to honor Greg and Julie. I mean, they're amazing people. They're not perfect. They're amazing people. They're actually easy to honor, right? But can I just share this with you, right? Sarah knows this. Whole lot of seasons when I really didn't honor my parents. In fact, I shared this last week. that There was a time before I was a Christian that I vowed I would never get married. I'd never have children because I didn't want to have have a family because I just thought, well, what's the fun in that? It's always broken and bruised and it's no fun. And so when I became a Christian, God changed my whole uh, kind of uh, expectation around that. And then I came into this uh, you know, amazing family where they actually love each other. Isn't that cool? <laughs> For a family to love each other uh, and, and hug each other and actually encourage each other. Right? So I've been really blessed because there was a brokenness in my ability to honor. But then I was blessed by coming into a family where they kind of had that really, really established. And so I've been able to model kind of myself off that and so that's that's been it made a lot easier for me but then having said that then i've responded and i've changed how i've honored my mum and dad again they're not perfect my dad just passed away but you know the ability to honor them changed over time but still some difficulties still some hardships in a relationship because of a lot of dysfunction a lot of brokenness and i don't have to that's a whole nother sermon right but sarah knows you know in in being married to me, that it hasn't been easy, but I've had to come to terms with not hoping or expecting them to kind of fix their world and change their world, but regardless of their faults, to honor them. Does that make sense? Can I tell you the benefits that have come is that I've gotten confident. By learning to honor the people that God's asked me to honor, I've been blessed in my identity. I've been able to receive authority because I've been able to recognize and value the authority that God's put over me, then my own personal authority has been able to grow, my confidence grown, my revelation of what I'm called to do has grown. And can I tell you, a lot of people miss out on this opportunity to directly benefit from learning how to honor people that are over them. If there's anything that I can encourage you this morning, it's to hit the refresh button wherever it's required in your heart on putting all the faults of people around you aside and just learning to obey the Lord's principle, honoring the people that God's placed in your life in any level of authority. Who believes that? Amen. So a couple of principles around this. First of all, we learn how to relate to others when we honor Vital to effective relationships is this giving people appropriate honor. So what I'm not talking about is I'm not talking about flattery. What's flattery? Flattery is sickly sweet, kind of not real uh, encouragement or honor. It's kind of, you know, flattery is this terrible kind of perversion to the real thing of honor, right? I think most discerning people can smell flattery a, a mile away. It stinks. It's yuck, right? And flattery is insincere. And it's also manipulative, you know, because flattery is really delivered entirely for self-interest. And so we're not talking about just, you know, saying nice sickly things to try to let someone know that you kind of think that you're honoring them. It's actually learning honestly and authentically how to honor people that God's calling you to honor. Because the people that God is calling us to honor... They need affirmation, they need encouragement, and they need respect. Because the gift that's on their life or whatever's on their life that's, that God's positioned for you to be blessed actually will be activated and released to you when you honor them. I think a perfect example of how to relate to others, and you know, I'm definitely still working on this, is the husband and wife relationship built upon mutual trust and respect. So a couple of points here. So a wife honors her husband by expressing respect for him, a kind of awe. Isn't that cool? Your wife is supposed to have a sense of awe about you, uh, even when you're not perfect, guys, right? Okay. But there's a responsibility that comes. I've got that in a minute. And, and she's uh, asked by the Lord to regard his ability and his leadership on a high, on a high level, right? Um, but she doesn't do this to, uh, you know, to belittle herself, but it's about acknowledging uh, her husband. But then a husband also has to reciprocate. Everyone say reciprocate. A husband honors his wife by loving her and cherishing her. So that which is of great value to us, right? Men of God, we're called to protect, guard, and nurture our wives. And I know I'm definitely not perfect in that, and I, I need to improve in areas. I think we all do. But it's important this morning to think about how important honor is in our life. And I think it starts with in the home? Where is your level of honor in the home? Where does a wife learn to treat her husband with respect and high regard? Well, I think it's actually in home as a little girl uh, in how she relates to her father. And I think this is what's important. God knows that at the starting point when our children are growing up, He wants them to learn to honor their parents because he knows it's going to be easier for them to then have honor in their own marriage if they've first been able to establish it at home as children. So if you're a parent here today, I want to strongly encourage you to work on building a culture of honor in your home, not because it's you lording it over your kids, but if you help your children to honor you, then it actually will establish a stronger foundation in their future marriage. Because that's the way God has built honor to bless the generations. Maybe you're sitting here today. Maybe you're someone who's experienced a broken marriage and you're trying to start a new season. Well, you know what? Old uh, things are passed away. All things are new in Christ. So my encouragement to you is look forward. Don't look back and, and start, start again if you've moved on. But if you're still in a marriage and things aren't perfect, can I say this? Maybe strategically with prayer and sincerity and humility, sit down with the person that you're married to, and say, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, we have to deliberately work on establishing honor. What would we need to do? What do I need to do differently? What do you need to do differently to turn this thing around in our family? And can I tell you, not only are you doing that for you in your marriage, but you're going to be doing that for your children. And if you've got teenage children, and they're all left home, I still know that it will bless them. Because you set up a role model for them in the future. Who believes that? So again, the encouragement is, Where are we at with honor in our world and our life? I think the same is for a man. Where does a man learn to honor his wife? In his home as he's growing up and how he looks at his mother and how he treats his mother. So can I say particularly, you know, to mums, if your boy doesn't honor you, you need to sort him out, right? God gives you permission, right? Sort him out, all right? Get him in line, because if you do, it will bless his future wife. Amen. Parents, whether we choose to or not, we are teaching our sons and daughters how to relate to their future husbands or wives. We are doing it by example and by expecting them to obey the fifth commandment with promise, with a reward. The child who learns to honor their father and mother will be well trained to cherish his wife or to respect her husband. Knowing how to give honor in the home is essential to a healthy marriage, And that's why it says it will all go well with us, living a long and fulfilled life. Who's getting something from this this morning? Now, let's talk about how to relate to ourselves. So obviously marriage, I mean, if you're not married here today... Well, the good news is you kind of got the whole precursor to what you need to do. So, you know, you're not in the middle of having to fix something. So take that on as a blessing. It's like, right, I need to make sure I, I, I really uh, do this well when I do get married eventually. Yeah. Now, how to relate to ourselves. We actually develop a wholesome attitude of self-respect when we learn to other, uh, honor others in our life. And this is what I was just talking about for myself as well. So there is an intimate relationship between who I am and who my parents are. If I learn to give honor to my parents, guess what? I'm indirectly learning to honor and embrace who I am. The child who dishonors his parents is learning to dishonor himself. He will mirror that in his attitude towards himself. So a healthy biblical view on this is it talks about looking at ourselves as being sober or being honest and realistic. So in Romans 12, 3, it says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Let me read that again. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, it's really saying, Your identity gets blessed when you learn not to think so much all about yourself, but How to actually get out of that is learning how to honor others around you, particularly honoring honoring people of authority around you. When you learn to honor people around you, you're practicing humility, which actually blesses your identity. Romans 12.3, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. I want to read another scripture, Philippians 2, verse 3 to 8. Now, what's great about this is it's talking about when we think too highly of ourselves, we begin to compare ourselves with others and we go into performance mode rather than grace mode. A great antidote of getting out of performance mode and getting into grace mode, out of getting out of that place of pride and driving for success is actually to honor people around you. Everyone say antidote. So again, God's saying there's a great reward in learning to honor people around you, and that is it gets you out of self-absorption mode into the ability to be more selfless, and therefore that actually helps to ease the load of not trying to strive to perform to make yourself feel proud of yourself, because you actually get administered by the Spirit of grace when you actually honor people around you. I've experienced this myself. I mean, I'll share this with you. My old church... Our pastor was very, very gifted, amazingly talented, creative. And there was probably two and a half seasons where I had no problem in honoring him, right? And then something happened. He said something, and I didn't agree with it, and I didn't like it. And so I went in this kind of, you know, a couple months of really, you know, disrespecting, not honoring. Not many people knew about it. I kind of kept it to myself, but God knew about it. And can I tell you, that little mini season of three months, I could feel this shift in my own life, because I'd stopped honoring, even though he was imperfect, I'd stopped honoring in my heart, and then there was a sense of pride, or, or kind of a spirit of, of, of pride kind of rose up in me, and then I went into this real on strive mode, and can I share this with you? Because this is what the Bible is talking about. The strive mode was about me justifying why I should feel the way that I should feel against my leader. Let me show him. Can I tell you, it was the most emotionally draining periods of my life. And then there was an altar call, right? And he didn't know it, but he was preaching on the importance of honor and humility. And I felt like God was tapping me, strongly tapping me if not maybe kind of slightly punching me in my shoulder. (gasps) He goes, you need to get down there and you need to repent. Not before my pastor, before God. And God goes, you need to get your heart right back because there's something that you were doing. You were honoring the leader I had above you and you've shifted out of that. And now this season's tough. And what was cool was when I went down to that altar and I made that change in my heart, man, it was like something just lifted off me. There was a heaviness and a strive and just a heaviness and ugliness of pride that no one could really see on my face. But in my heart, I felt it. And so that's just one example That I wanted to share vulnerably today before you, where I know there's truth in how we relate to ourselves is directly impacted. How we feel about ourselves, how we actually pursue things in life in relation to ourselves, is impacted by how we relate to others through honor. Philippians 2 verses 3 to 8 says, Let nothing be done through selfish, ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let, every, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each of you look out, not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. I mean, that's just a perfect example there where Jesus, let's think about Jesus when he first came to the world as a baby. He got rejected. They said, I'm sorry, the inn's full, right? Right. So his starting point in life was absolute rejection. He was excluded. Everyone say excluded. And yet when he came to the final point of his mission on the cross, what did he say about the the man to the left of the man to the right of him? God, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. So he, he himself experienced being excluded, and yet the very attitude that he had in that most horrific moment where his body and brain were being tortured on the cross was to include the people around him. So what that means is, is that he honored people. He honored the Father, but he also honored people. He wanted people to be included in his world. Greg and Julie talk about this, about the, uh, the pioneer of CI, Dr. Bill Hammond. And he teaches that, you know, if, if you feel like someone is trying to exclude you or push you to the side, that's okay. Just draw a bigger circle around them and include them. Amen. Who thinks that that's a good, good attitude, right? Why am I talking about exclusion versus inclusion? Because when it comes to honoring someone, what you do in your heart is you say, you know what, I value the role that you have in my life. I honor you, whether you're a man of God or not. There's many bosses that we probably have who do not know God. Right, And so sometimes that might even be more challenging to feel like you should respect them. But God teaches us that the place of honor, many examples in the Old Testament where you know, the men of God had to, you know, they had to serve like a pharaoh and that type of thing. Now, obviously, when people become wicked, we have to follow God's laws and we don't bow down to that. But I'm just talking practical, week to week, day to day. When your boss isn't necessarily the nicest guy on planet Earth or not necessarily the nicest woman on planet Earth, God still asks you to honor them. And so when we talk about inclusion versus exclusion, when you honor someone, you actually include them. You're including them. You're honoring them. You're valuing them. Atmospherically, you're actually you know, acknowledging their importance in your world. You're including them. But when a spirit of pride sets in or offense sets in, and maybe the very person that God's calling us to honor, we get offended and we say, you know what? I, I, I don't really respect that person anymore. I, I, I don't really... I, yeah we actually in our heart go from inclusion to exclusion. <laughs> and the very person that it injures on the inside is the person who's choosing to exclude. And you know what I think is sometimes really difficult and challenging as an imperfect human being? is sometimes there's a temptation to choose even all of the disadvantages that come from that moment of pride or that season of pride, even all the disadvantages that come from wanting to justify why you should exclude them from your heart and go from honor to dishonor or respect to disrespect. I think there's a strong temptation. Pride can be so tempting to go, you know what, I don't care if this hurts me. I don't care if I get bitter. I don't care if I lose my joy. Because they deserve it. And yet sometimes it takes a long time for the very person in that moment to realize that, you know what? They fell into a trap. Let's just close our eyes. Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you, God, that you've got so many amazing capabilities, Holy Spirit. You bring life. You bring love. You bring faith. But, Lord, you're also at times like a surgeon, an amazing, precise surgeon. Lord, I I thank you, God, that nothing is impossible with you. And, Lord, I pray that by your anointing, your enabling power, to get great things done. Lord, I pray in this place right now, that through your anointing, Lord, that you would reach in to those hearts where people will allow you to come in. Lord, and whenever there's, wherever there is a place of dishonor towards another, that God, you're calling them to honor. Lord, I pray right now that you would be the master surgeon Lord, through their permission, Lord, because you can't force yourself upon us, Lord, you're a gentleman, but Lord, through people's permission, Lord, as we just let those walls down, Lord, that you would, Lord, reach into our hearts and remove whatever it is that's caused us to to shift from including that person to, in our heart, excluding that person. Lord, cut out that part right now by the power of your anointing. Lord, replace it with healing. Lord, replace it with your, your capability, God, to love unconditionally. Lord, replace it with your grace. Lord, I thank you, Father, right now you're doing, wherever it's required, some heart surgery. So, Father, Lord, that our identity doesn't get impacted by a condition of a heart that needs to change. Holy Spirit, help us right now to make that change. Thank you, Lord. Just go ahead and privately thank the Lord as he's doing that work here this morning. I am just going to ask Shanada to come. Amazing Shanada on the keys. Such a great anointing, Shanada, on your life. Last point I want to finish with is we talked about how to relate to others, how to relate to ourselves. Lastly, to finish this, I think, really important message on honor is how to relate to God. You know, The Bible teaches that the fear of the Lord, the reverency of the Lord, meaning not being afraid of God, but fear, as in really acknowledging that God is the author and finisher of your life. He is the maker and the beholder of the universe. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The Living Bible says this in Proverbs. For the reverence and fear of God are basic to all wisdom. So we learn to appropriate honor to God through learning to honor our father and mother first. But sometimes we may not have been able to do, have done that well in our life like me. But we all have the ability to respond. Maybe you've learned how to honor people and you're already reaping the reward. Maybe you're in a season of transformation and change and you're learning that this is a, a time where God wants to mature you and where possibly you're coming out of a season where it was easy for you just to have a quick attitude or frustration with someone. Or maybe you're right in the middle of a season where you know you're dishonoring people that God's calling you to honor. Or wherever you're at, God wants to say there is hope for you today to make a change that you'll be rewarded for. Let's again think about the promise in Deuteronomy 5:16. Honor your father and your mother. Let's take that and give it even a fuller purpose. Honor the people of God in your world, in the different spheres of your world that God is calling you to honor. As the Lord your God has commanded you, that your days, let's hear the why, that your days may be long and, it may, and that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. What I love about that last bit, it's an extension of the previous verse in the New Living Translate, New Living Version, New International Version, sorry. It directly associates the principle of honor and the ability to honor into taking territory in your world. Breaking through. Can I politely, via spirit of grace, just sow this one last seed via this message today? And it's with grace because this is something I've had to learn sometimes the number one reason why the things you're hoping for through God are not happening is because God is still waiting for you to start honouring again where you stopped honouring And if we relate it to this point, it takes the fear of the Lord. Not just the praise of the Lord. Not just the acknowledgement of our Lord. Not just the love of our Lord. But it actually takes the fear of the Lord, which is the start of our wisdom, to actually be able to acknowledge. To be able to humble yourself and acknowledge where maybe, just maybe, That could be the reason why you're not seeing the shift that you've been hoping for. And I say this by grace coming from a father's heart because I know in my own life, many times, not all the times, but many times, I've had to come to this place where the reason why the door that I'm believing for is not opening is because I have forgotten to pick up the key of honor. And sometimes the only way to actually pick up the key of honor, to humble yourself, to lower yourself, to pick up the key of honor, and then to put it in the right position to unlock the door, Takes the fear of the Lord, God. I'm sorry. I've been a bit prideful. I've been a little bit self-focused. I've been in a season of justifying why I've decided to exclude this person in my heart. God, I just lay that all down. I'm just, God, I'm sorry. You're God. I'm not. Let's finish this morning with this message with an opportunity. Just close your eyes, bow your heads as we close this morning. Beautiful God, we acknowledge you here this morning and we, we want you to know, God, that we honour you first. And Lord, in the privacy of people's hearts, Lord, today we want to respond to your word because your word sets us free. So, Lord, wherever we are, whoever we are, Lord, we want to take a moment to respond to your word. And so, God, this morning we we refresh our focus. Lord, wherever we need to. Lord, if we need to refresh our honor towards you and not just to like you and love you or like what you do for us, but to fear you in a healthy place, Lord, we make that change right now. Father, if we have to make a change about how we haven't really honoured ourselves because we've gone into strive mode, because we've excluded people that you're asking us to include, Lord, we just say we're sorry. We make that change in our heart. Lord, we want to start turning that around. And Father, those people in our life that you've directly asked us to honour, Lord, wherever we need to change in our heart, Lord, we, we say, God, we're going we're gonna to make the changes required, Lord. Because you command us to honor. And Lord, you promise the reward is a long life and a fulfilled life. So, Father, we stand on that promise in a fresh way today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's give God a clap our friends in. Thank you, Lord.